Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. A final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Guardians 8, the Oakland Athletics 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And what a fun game we got last night to kick off this series against the A's. We get another win under our belt. The A's are on a very large losing streak right now. And uh, the longest losing streak in baseball after the Angels win, uh, they finally win a game. You know, there's some Major League Baseball news that we haven't really talked about on the show, and that's that two kind of legacy managers lost their job recently. Uh, I believe it was Girardi was out in uh, Philadelphia, and now Madden is out in L.A. And uh, they're trying, they tried everything they could, even playing like Nickelback when everybody went up to bat to try to break the losing streak. And uh, turns out all you needed was Shohei Otani to have a really good start against Boston to finally end the losing streak. So now the A's are on the longest losing streak in baseball, and it's up to us to keep that going, right? Now the pressure's on us to keep the A's down and keep that losing streak going, right? Nobody wants to be the one that ends the losing streak. So we will get into the storylines of the game. But first, uh, we ha- got another five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I want to give a shout-out to uh, Sue Branny. I, that's, the, that's the username. So thank you. Maybe it's Sue Branny. Uh, they said, I love listening to this each day. David's love for baseball and for the team is contagious. Key to this podcast, along with his thoughtful and interesting commentary on the games, the team, and the players, an enjoyable and informative listen. So uh, that's awesome. Five-star review. Thank you so much, Subrani. Uh, we re- I really appreciate you, you know, leaving a review, helping the show grow. We're a full five-star reviewed podcast. Not many Guardians podcasts can say that. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty cool thing we got going here with the morning people and with our little show here. So thank you very much for leaving that review. I really appreciate it. We also got an email. We got an email from one of our friends, Chris. Uh, I always forget where Chris is from. He never puts where he's from. But Chris, our friendly emailer, uh, he's excited. A third of the way into the season. And there's been plenty of great player development across the team thus far. A couple of questions for you if you're able to get to them. Let's jump into these questions because I think these questions are fun to answer a little bit before we get into the storylines of the game. So Chris wants to know my thoughts on Oscar Gonzalez. He says, I'm impressed with Oscar Gonzalez jumping right in and performing quite well at the plate Uh, and in right field. He seems to be better and quicker in right field than what I'd previously heard. Hopefully he taps into some of that power soon. I agree, Chris. What do you think happens if and when Fermil Reyes can rejoin the club? Do you think someone else besides Gonzalez gets optioned down to AAA Columbus? This is a great question because it's something I've been thinking about. I heard that there's a chance that maybe next week uh, that Reyes might go on a rehab assignment and see how that leg holds up, that hamstring holds up. Soft tissue injuries, you never know. Sometimes they just take a long time to shake out. Uh, So we'll see if he can rejoin the club sooner rather than later. Obviously, we want Reyes to return to form and jump back into the lineup. Right, This thing really cooks with Reyes if he's hitting as the cleanup hitter in this lineup. I mean, that would give a lot of length to this lineup with Gonzalez there and Naylor there, right? It'd be a slow section of the lineup, but it'd be a lot of power. And he's right. Gonzalez has seemed faster, has seemed a little better in right field. 
than we had. We hadn't really heard much about his defense. We assumed because he was a big power hitting right handed bat that he'd be a little bit slower, but he really hasn't been. And uh, so here's the thing. There's the old Guardians way of doing things versus what might be the new way of doing things. There have been guys so far this season that they have cut ties with because there were too many young guys coming up behind them. Yu Chang is one of them. Has not had a really great start to his Pittsburgh career. Uh, Logan Allen was another one. Did not last very long in Baltimore after he was picked up there. They have shown this season that they're willing to part ways with guys to make room for younger guys coming up, right? They've been building the minor league system up so much over the last few years. They're at another point. When Reyes comes back, they will be at another point to make that decision. And frankly, I see it going one of three ways. Uh, You've already started option years on Gonzalez and on Palacios. So an easy move is that either of those guys could go back to AAA. Do I want to see those guys go back to AAA? No, especially in this game. You'll see that they were crucial to the win in this, you know, against the A's t- last night. But that's an easy decision from a general manager because the option year has already, you've already in- invoked the option for this year, right? You've already brought them up. So sending them back down uh, isn't too difficult from a paperwork standpoint. But the harder decision would be cutting ties with Oscar Mercado from a general manager's perspective. From a, you know, uh, uh, that's that's an end of a road right there. Palacios and Gonzalez is not an end of the road, right? They can easily next injury they could be right back up here. Uh, but Mercado, if you have to cut ties with Mercado, that is the end of the road for Oscar Mercado as a Cleveland Guardian. Hey, who knows? Three, four years from now, he. Comes back around. You never know. But for now, it's the end of the road. Uh, What do I think they should do? I think they should cut ties with Oscar Mercado. I think Palacios Palacios and and Gonzalez still have some things to prove defensively. And yes, Mercado is a really good defensive replacement and a good pinch runner. But do you need that right now? If you were a team that was perennially in contention for the World Series and leading the division, and you wanted a little insurance on your bench defensively late in games, that would make sense. But if you're a young team trying to prove yourself, trying to find out who your next group of stars is going to be, then those kids need experience. They need to play. Gonzalez needs to be out there in the eighth and ninth inning tracking fly balls. In this game, he had a moment where he crashes into the center field wall, into the right field wall, uh, tracking a fly ball. Uh, It's a learning experience out there for him. But you need him to. You need him to learn. All right, this isn't going to come up in the storylines of the game because it didn't have much of an impact. But Gonzalez going back on the wall, on, on the ball late in the game, he kind of, in my opinion, takes a bad route. He kind of curves the route backwards so that his only chance at catching the ball would be to like throw his glove up behind his head, which is a really hard way to catch a ball. What you would rather see from an outfielder is for him to turn and sprint back to the straight back to the wall. Then he can curve in if he needs to adjust his route, and he'd be reaching out in front of himself. He could slide, he could dive, he's reaching out in front of himself 
much easier to snag the ball, even if you're making a shoestring catch reaching out in front of yourself, than trying to reach back over your head or back behind you to catch the ball. So curving that route back like he did, and he ends up crashing into the wall because of it. He loses his balance and hits the wall really hard. He was fine. Hopefully he's fine. I, I haven't heard of anything since, you know, since the crash. Um, it's a, you know, it, that's a really tough route on the ball. So that's a learning experience for him. But he's got to learn those things. If I mean, if he wants to turn into the next, I'm going to say it. I, he's not going to be Manny Ramirez, but Manny Light, maybe? Then, uh, you know, a right-handed power hitter, plays right field, has a strong arm. You know, that kind of describes Manny Ramirez in some ways. Uh, then Gonzalez is going to have to learn how to take a route on that ball in the eighth or ninth inning and make that catch. So, uh, yeah. So, Chris, the easy thing would, the thing I would do is I would cut ties with Mercado at this point. You've got Ernie Clement to pinch run. Uh, Gonzalez doesn't run that bad. Palacios is fast, too. These guys can run. Palacios still has a lot to learn in the outfield. He's a converted infielder. That's what I would do. But it's going to be another moment where Antonetti and Chernoff show their hand to the fans, right? They're so buttoned up. They're so tight with their decisions. That would be another moment where they would show you, look, this is the future of our team. If they send Palacios back down and they keep Mercado, that tells you something. If they cut ties with Mercado and keep Gonzalez and Palacios up here in the majors, keep giving them at-bats, then that shows you something too. So, those are my thoughts on Reyes coming back. His second question, do you think the Guardians are just trying to help build Ahmed Rosario's trade value ahead of the deadline? He's been playing a little better of late, but I really don't understand him hitting second with a 287 on base percentage or playing shortstop, where he's generally a liability instead of Andres Jimenez, who looks like a potential future gold glover there. Chris, absolutely. I mean, Andres Jimenez's defense is spectacular, whether it's at second or short. He played short last night, so you kind of got to see what it would look like. I do think, yes, they're trying to keep Ahmed Rosario's trade value relevant. I don't know if he's really building it up, but they're trying to keep it relevant. And I think that um, Francona does still have some appreciation for uh, Ahmed Rosario. And I think Ahmed Rosario still plays a key part in this team. I mean, you saw it was weird last night with him and Jose Ramirez DHing with Rosario getting the night off. Him and Mercado and Ramirez were all kind of hanging out at the end of the dugout, having a very detailed that looked like baseball, well, I'm assuming baseball conversation. Uh, I think Ahmed Rosario is still kind of in the heart of this clubhouse and kind of a big part of this team's chemistry still. Um, so, you know, it, I, it might be hard for Francona to keep him out of the lineup because of that. He's a veteran guy that plays really hard. And they try, they keep trying to make it work in the outfield. And it's just, I, I, I know Francona and Antonetti and Chernoff wish there was another place they could play Ahmed Rosario besides shortstop. And they just can't seem to find it. Uh, I don't know what they've talked about internally, what, you know, second base or first base or left field. They can't seem to find it. So they just keep running them out there at shortstop. Well, the good news is that Andres Jimenez is playing fantastic second base. So it's not like. It's not like it's 100% kept Andres Jimenez off the field. Yes, he's down a few at-bats than he probably should be. He probably should be getting more at-bats, like he did last night, than Ahmed Rosario. But uh, it's not like it's completely kept Andres Jimenez off the field. So 
Yeah, I think I think that he just is a, a strong part of this team and a strong part of this clubhouse still. Uh, and they're not ready to cut ties with him like that. I apologize if you hear the dog barking in the background. I'm sure there's a bunny rabbit or something in the front yard right now. All right, so let's get into the storylines of the games. Chris, thank you for the email. If you have thoughts on the team, on the games, hit me up, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. It would take you two minutes uh, at the beginning and end of your workday. Shoot me off a quick email. I would love to keep discussing your thoughts. I want to hear what the morning people out there are thinking about this team. I see your reactions on Twitter, but we can really get more personal and more detailed if you email in. So thank you, Chris. Keep those questions coming. All right, let's get into the storylines of this game. So the storylines for me of this game was really the young guys on this team really coming through late in the game. Yes, Jose Ramirez and Naylor go back-to-back home runs in the fourth inning, which was very cool. You know, it brought Pilkington. It probably woke this team up a little bit. But then it's really the young guys in the sixth, seventh, and eighth inning that deliver huge RBI hits. Quan has a huge RBI hit. Gonzalez with a huge RBI hit. Andres Jimenez, Richie Palacios pinch hitting from Maley has a huge RBI hit. Clement drops down what turns out to be a run scoring bunt. Um, the young guys on this team all delivering yesterday some really impressive stuff. And, you know, you got to remember how young some of these guys are. Um, you know, Luke Maley, yes, your backup catcher is always going to, I feel like it's always going to be the oldest guy uh, on, on your bench at uh, 31. Hedges and Jose Ramirez are the seniors at 29 years old. Clement's a little old for a prospect at 26, but Andres Jimenez is 23 years old still. There's such a future ahead of this guy. Owen Miller's 25. Uh, Gonzalez is 24. Quan's 24. Naylor is 24. Palacios is actually a year older at 25. So yeah, I mean, Ahmed Rosario, frankly, is still 26 years old. There is a lot of baseball ahead of Ahmed Rosario. Uh, so yeah, they're, they are such a young team. And uh, it was so cool to see them all deliver yesterday in this game. Uh, some of the stuff in here was just fantastic from the offense. I mean, so let's talk Ramirez and Naylor's home runs. Uh, they come on three pitches. And uh, frankly, Jose Ramirez just jumps on a first pitch fastball from Caparillion um, and just absolutely destroys it. Uh I mean, it's right down the pipe. A, a 93 mile per hour fastball that he turns around and hits 97.3 mile per hour exit velocity, 26 degree launch angle, 383 out to right field. He was sitting fastball. He was sitting fastball first pitch, and he got fastball first pitch. And I mean, this is a meat pitch to hit right here. And then Naylor comes up, and this is after Jose Ramirez in his first at bat actually struggled against some changeups. Uh, down in the zone. He got him to swing over a bunch of changeups and eventually ends and get him gets him to ground out on a changeup. So it's surprising that he goes first pitch fastball uh, when the changeups were so effective uh, for him in that first at-bat against Jose Ramirez. And then Naylor, he does go to the changeup. He fouls off the first changeup that was down at the thighs. The second changeup is up, though. He leaves a hanging changeup sitting up there. It is outside on the outside edge, but Naylor is able to hit it to right center field, 99.7 mile per hour. Exit velocity, 404 feet. Uh, he really got the arms out there and was able to pull a ball on the outside edge, which was impressive. So two big home runs kick off the scoring 
for the Guardians. But then things start to get fun in that sixth inning, right? They really start to put together some fun rallies in that sixth inning. So it starts off with Quan uh, actually kicks things off in that sixth inning. Uh, he ends up chopping one. I don't know if it was off the plate or right in front of the plate, but it ends up one of those high bouncers on the infield. And his speed, he's got speed out there. He beats it out for an infield single. Uh, Ramirez would line out. He would steal second base. Uh, a nice, strong seal. It's good to see Quan being aggressive on the base paths. You know, it looks like we're doing a little bit the Texas Rangers way, right? Hitting home runs and stealing bases. And Quan's uh, able to take second base. Now, Andrews falls on top of him trying to reach for the throw and kind of holds him down. It looks like in the NFL when they're trying to run out the clock so the defenders just lay on the running back and don't let him get up. That's what it kind of looked like here. They weren't letting Quan get back up. That's what Francona argued. The umpires disagreed, and Francona gave them a piece of his mind. I mean, it's the first time in a long time I remember seeing a manager get ejected. Um, but he really laid into him, and I don't know if that lit the fire or if this was going to happen anyways. Uh, clearly, Francona was trying to light a fire last night. And uh, he was protecting his guy, frankly. Uh, you know, it was kind of a dirty move from Andrews to kind of lay on him like that. I know it was awkward probably for Andrews to, you know, fall over a guy like that. But eh, a little extracurricular activity there. Uh, Naylor would line out to second base, and that would bring up Oscar Gonzalez. And he shoots one through the right side. Gonzalez, huge swings on the night, uh, hitting everything hard. Uh, let's see what the exit velocity was on this. It's only 84.8, so it's a more controlled swing from Gonzalez this time. And you'll see that when a guy goes the opposite way, usually it's a little bit more of a controlled swing. It's more of a poke, right? You know, you don't. it's hard to crush the ball to the opposite field. It's a little bit easier to control your swing because you're sitting back a little bit more. You're being patient, letting that ball get deeper into the zone and poking it out into right field. So that's what we get here from Gonzalez. So it brings in Quan to score. You know, it it, Frank, it saves Francona's argument. Uh, they're eventually able to bring Quan in and get that leadoff runner in to score. And that's that's a big hit from Gonzalez. A two-out RBI hit with a runner in scoring position. That's big stuff from Gonzalez. The Guardians were 5-for-14 with runners in scoring position, which... Frankly, sounds you know sounds like a big gap, but that's pretty good. Five hits with runners in scoring position is going to be a pretty good day. And giving yourself 14 chances is going to be a good day, too. So that would be the end of the rally in the sixth. In the seventh inning, um, things get started a little different. This time, after Jimenez ground out, it's a walk that kicks things off. Clement draws a walk. Luke Maley singles. Straw hits into a force out. So now Maley is the lead runner. Runner That brings up Quan. And Quan shoots one back up the middle at 98.8. His first hit of the game was a, you know, was a nice shot. Uh, a single at 95.1. And then he comes back in this sixth inning here. I'm sorry, in the seventh inning, it delivers a big RBI hit. Once again, a two-out RBI hit with runners in scoring position from Stephen Quan from a young guy. And this, he just shoots it right back up the middle. That's just a great approach from Quan. Uh, yeah, it's good to see him squaring things up again, right? 
not just popping things up, not just grounding out lightly. To see him squaring things up in this game and having two hard hit balls like this is really encouraging to see. So Quan delivers the big RBI hit here. That ties the game. And then in the eighth inning, they blow things open. Um, unfortunately, they would load the bases in that seventh. They'd intentionally walk Ramirez, uh, and Naylor would strike out swinging. Unfortunately, yeah, Naylor did a great job early in the game. He gets the home run earlier in the game. Actually, two rallies end up dying here. The seventh and the eighth inning rallies both end on uh, Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor. Um, so in the eighth inning, we get things going again. Um, Oscar Gonzalez this time leads the inning off with a single. He shoots one through 94.6 mile per hour, just under a hard hit ball. Owen Miller would follow that up with actually, oh, this Gonzalez one. That's right. This is the one that kicks off Kevin Smith's glove, the third baseman. Now, Kevin Smith, looking at his StatCast page, actually has a really high, he's like in the 96th percentile for outs above average. So I guess he's a good defender. I don't know much about him. But, I mean, Gonzalez hits a ball so hard that they can't even come up with it on the infield. So he beats that out. Owen Miller then gets one under Kevin Smith's glove. He gets one out in the left field. Um, Just one of those things where just the rhythm of his steps, he can't get the glove down. And Owen Miller gets one through. He only hits it 72.4, but he gets it through. And then Andres Jimenez comes up with runners on first and second and gets a little jam job and high inside pitch. They tried to go high fastball on him. He was down in the count. I think it was a 1-2 count. They tried to go high fastball on Andres Jimenez. That's where the catcher is set up. He wants it above the strike zone. And the pitcher just cannot deliver. Um, Lou Trevino in there for the A's. He ends up putting it in the strike zone on the inner edge for Andres Jimenez. And he fights it off. You know, it's kind of a jam job single into center field. And it brings in Gonzalez to score. That's a huge hit from Andres Jimenez delivering another RBI hit for Andres Jimenez. Uh, Man, he really is playing elite, elite stuff, whether it's second base or shortstop. If that guy, you got to keep him in the lineup. I don't care if it's a lefty or a righty in there. Andres Jimenez deserves to be playing every day. And uh, it's a big hit here. Then Ernie Clement comes up, tries to lay down a bunt. There's nobody out, remember. So he's going to try to lay down a bunt and move those runners up and try to see if they can get another run out of the inning. They end up throwing the ball away, and Owen Miller comes in to score. So it's a great bunt from Clement, a skill that's, you know, frankly missing in the game. So then they pinch hit Palacios, and Palacios gets one that, frankly, is like a foot off the plate. Um, you know, it's so far out there, and Palacios goes out and delivers it into uh, into left field for a big double, for a two-run double. Ernie Clement's able to come all the way around from first to score. Uh, he had already seen a pitch out there. It's interesting. Trevino starts him off with a changeup uh, in the strike zone that he fouls off to start the at-bat, throws him a slider that he leaves outside, comes back inside with a sinker that he fouls off. So he's trying to work inside and outside on Palacios. Goes back outside with a changeup. He's got a 1-2 count on him, so he can afford to throw one off the plate, right? Wrong. Palacios has already seen a pitch out there, and he knows what to do with it. There's only one thing you could do with a changeup a foot off the plate, and that's just poke it down the left field line. That's exactly what he does. 86.4 mile power exit velocity. He just floats it out there to the left field line, and two runs are able to come in to score. 
So that's a huge, huge at-bat from Palacios. Pinch hitting in this game, remember. Uh, coming in as a pinch hitter and doing this off the bench, that is big stuff to this. You know, that really put the game out of reach at that point. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the inning would end then. Straw would ground out. Uh, Ramirez would pop out. And Naylor would ground out uh, to end the threat. So they able to extend the lead, right? They scratch and they fight. Uh, in that sixth and seventh inning to tie the game back up at 4-4. And then in that eighth inning, man, the young guys just blow it open. Starting from Gonzalez all the way down through the lineup, the young guys absolutely deliver some big stuff. So, you know, you know, tip of the cap to the bottom of the lineup there. Just absolutely fantastic stuff. All right. On the other side of the ball, the other storyline of the game, frankly, I wasn't too impressed with the pitching. I really felt like this whole game hinged on the Guardians' offense. Pilkington again got himself into a jam in the second inning. I don't know how he survived the second inning with only giving up two runs. There was so much stuff going on there. Uh, you had Murph, uh, Murphy, Sean Murphy, the catcher, who had the check swing hit by pitch. Who, I mean, if he swings that bat head a little bit further, he's striking out. He's not going to first base. You can't swing and get hit. So, but they say he held his swing. They che- he checked his swing and got hit. So he gets first base. Then Bethencourt had a great game. Four hard hit balls and four at bats. He ends up with three hits, a double off the left field wall, and then a home run here in the second inning uh, to kick off the scoring for the A's. Uh, so yeah, so Pilkington gives up the home run early. Frankly, it was a fastball. He just hunted a fastball down in the zone and hit it really hard to the opposite field. I just got done saying it's hard to you know, hard to hit a hard hit ball to the opposite field. Well, Benincourt hits this thing at 103.7. That is squaring up a fastball right there. So that is, I mean, give credit where credit is due. Benincourt really went down and hunted a fastball at the bottom of the zone. Uh, but then Andrews gets picked off of first base. He thought that Pilkington balked maybe or was trying to get, you know, time him up and jump him uh, and was trying to use the block as an excuse, you know, maybe trying to, you know, veteran play to pull the wool over the eyes of the uh, umpires. It doesn't work. He's out. He's caught in a pickle and he's tagged out. Always fun to watch a runner in a pickle, especially when they're picked off first base like that because you know the whole time the dread you know, in their mind, where they're like, oh, God, I put myself in this situation. Damn it, what did I just do? I was on first base. What did I do? So Andrews is in a pickle, but then they load the bases anyways, and then he has to get out of it again. So, so many guys reach base in that second inning. And then in the sixth inning, uh, they get a little two-out rally going in the sixth inning. And unfortunately, Brian Shaw comes in. So after a line-out and a fly-out, Bethancourt singles, Elvis Andrews doubles, and that brings up Seth Brown. They go to the bullpen to get Shaw, and Shaw falls behind. He falls behind, and he's got to come into the strike zone. And uh, Seth Brown makes him pay, and he drives a double uh, over the head of Straw in center field, and that put him up four to two. And frankly, that that one hurt. You weren't sure what you were going to get from the offense. It was two solo home runs up until that point, so you weren't sure what you were going to get from the offense. Four to two seemed like maybe this wasn't going to go the Guardians' way. And then the young guys start their rally, and Quan kicks off that rally in the bottom of the sixth. So the pitching wasn't too impressive. Nobody had, like, eye-popping CSW numbers. Uh, Henches does a good job in relief. Uh, he wasn't really throwing a ton of strikes, 
But he does a good job to get through an inning and a third, uh, proving to be a little bit reliable out of that bullpen. Uh, let's see here. How much was he throwing? On um, Yeah, 20 pitches, only 10 strikes. So it wasn't like he was really pounding the strike zone. De La Santos was. In his two-thirds of an inning, uh, he did pound the strike zone. Uh, on 16 pitches, he throws 12 strikes. So he gets through the rest of the eighth inning, gets a strikeout, does give up a hit, but gets a strikeout. And then Trevor Steffen works an interesting ninth inning with a four-run lead. They were really trying to save. It was clear that they're trying to save Classe and a try to save Eli Morgan. They pitched a lot against Texas. So trying to rest those guys, Trevor Steffen is able to get through it. Uh, it almost doesn't go his way, but he's able to get through it. He starts the inning with two strikeouts, but then gives up a single and a double before getting Lariano to fly out to end the game. So the pitching wasn't super impressive in this game, but the the middle guys in the bullpen at least held it together. They After Shaw gave up those two runs, the rest of the guys at least were able to hold it together. So those are my storylines on the game. MVP on the day has to go to these young hitters. I think I have to split it again. I mean, Quan and Gonzalez, amazing. Gonzalez goes four for four on the day. Quan goes three for four on the day. They both score a run. Uh, I was actually more Mercado pinch running scores the run for Gonzalez. Uh, a double for Gonzalez. They both have RBIs on the day. Quan also walks, so he was on base four times. They both have two hard hit balls. So Gonzalez and Quan sharing MVP on the day. You know, it just makes sense. Quan says in the postgame interview, a lot of these guys played in the minor leagues together. And a lot of them are coming up together. And they do feel a little bit of cohesion there. They do, they're rooting for each other to succeed. There is some camaraderie and some chemistry with this young crew coming up. So it was awesome to see him deliver on the day. Uh, Gonzalez, crazy. He, he ties Roger Maris for one of the best starts in Cleveland franchise history. Roger Maris, that's right, the guy who hit 61 home runs, uh, started his career in Cleveland, and uh, he has recorded a hit in 12 of his first 13 games. Maris is the only other person to do that. There's a ton of multi-hit games in here, too. He's currently riding a uh, a seven-game hitting streak. He's got the batting average up to 404. I mean, just red hot to start the season. And what's interesting is that his average exit velocity is 92.3 miles per hour. His average launch angle is three degrees, which I guess means he's hitting a lot of ground balls and line drives. We talked about it, that he's not really hitting that many fly balls. His hard hit percentage is 50%. I mean, he is just roasting pitches. His max exit velocity he's reaches 113.1 miles per hour. So he uh, he's hit a few off the wall. He's doubled off the wall, but he has not hit that home run yet that we know is in there, we know is coming. Um, max exit velocity is in the 91st percentile in baseball. He, he doesn't have a lot in the percentile rankings yet because he just has not had enough at-bats. But it's a blazing hot start for Oscar Gonzalez. For Quan, it's been a little bit of a bounce back. Uh, I love that MLB.com always has these uh, duration stats. So over his last 30 games, Stephen Kwan was only hitting 235, but he's still got a 319 on base over those last 30 games. 12 walks really padding that. 12 walks to six strikeouts, by the way. In his last 15 games, he's been doing all right. 273 batting average in his last 15 games. 365 on base. 
uh, and a 341 slugging. But over his last seven games, and last night definitely helped this, he's really turned it on. Nine hits and 21 at-bats. It's a 429 average over his last seven games. 480 on base, three walks, no strikeouts, a 476 slugging. So he's over a 900 OPS his last seven games. That's a guy who's bouncing back a little bit. You expect peaks and valleys for your rookie season, right? It's hard to sustain. It's hard to keep it going consistently. You expect peaks and valleys for any baseball player over a season. You expect more dramatic ones from the younger players. And maybe that's what we're getting a little bit from Quan right now. So maybe we are climbing back up to a peak for him and getting a good stretch from Stephen Quan right here. Uh, hitting second again last night with Ahmed Rosario on the bench. He delivered. He was huge to this game last night. So, a great job by those guys. A longer episode. You know, we got the email in there. We got the review on Apple Podcasts. So, a little bit longer episode. But I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this game. I love seeing these guys rally. I love seeing them come back. So, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's the Guardians 8 the A's four will be back tomorrow to continue this series. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Just like Chris did, let me know your thoughts on the team, the game, a player, whatever you want. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. You could do it that way, like an old school radio show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.